This is the Functional Rehab Podcast with your host, Dr. Ashley Mack. So let's talk about trauma. Trauma is can be something that happens within our life and our experiences, and oftentimes we can hold on to it. And throughout my years practicing as a physical therapist and working with the patients that I come across, holding on to past trauma and experiences can actually impact your recovery and how you feel. And so today we have an expert in someone who, uh, an expert in being able to release that trauma. So you can go ahead and go back to living your full life. And so today I have Lauren Fondo, um, and she's going to talk to us all things trauma and how to release them. Lauren, it's so great to see you. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I, this is, yeah, and I'm really excited about this too, because it's something that I know existed, but being able to bring it to the forefront has been a very, very new thing that I've encountered. And so rather than me being like, oh, I know everything, let me go ahead and try to solve all these problems. I know that with my background in physical therapy and movement, I can do a lot of the physical side, but recognize that there can be this invisible force that drives a lot of things that we do and drives our experiences. So I'm really glad that you're here. And so for the listeners who haven't quite met you yet, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey. Yeah. So I call myself an integrative energy practitioner, which basically just means that I use a variety of different healing modalities when I work with my clients. And I specialize in something called the emotional freedom technique, also referred to as EFT or tapping, which is a tool to help you find freedom from your emotions, just as it is in the in the name of it. Um, and I came to to this work because of my own personal journey with anxiety and stress and how that manifested physically in my body. I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of, you know, when they feel stressed, they feel that in their body in, in certain areas. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, they feel a lot of tension in their in their neck and their and their shoulders. And so when I was going through a pretty stressful time in my life, I was looking for different holistic ways of feeling better. And for me, it started with uh, signing up for yoga teacher training. So I am a yoga instructor. And then I was introduced to Reiki, a form of Japanese energy healing. And, and then I was introduced to tapping and tapping was a real game changer for me. And so I just truly love introducing different tools to people and helping them figure out what resonates best in their body and helps them to to feel good. That's what it's all about, because we all deserve to feel good. We're all worthy of feeling good. And uh, sometimes it's a bit of a journey to, to get there. I would really appreciate when someone goes through an experience such as yourself and actually gets to go through the process of healing and then have it be such a powerful event in your life that you dedicate the rest of your, of your career to be able to do the same thing for others. I think that a very special thing for me as a, as a physical therapist, I actually got into physical therapy school uh, in high school and I really had no idea what the profession occurred. I remember it was high school, it was my senior year. I purposely didn't visit any colleges because I was a swimmer in high school and every free weekend that I had that, that wasn't swimming should have been spent going to col uh, colleges and sitting and seeing what I what I quote unquote wanted to do. But I said, I just wanted to sleep. So it was my senior year and I realized, oh my gosh, I need to apply to colleges. 
And then going into my guidance counselor and she says, well, what do you want to do? I said, I have no idea. And all of a sudden the idea of physical therapy came about. I still had no clue what the profession was. And then I didn't even know what the profession was even through my entire physical therapy school career. And then when I started treating patients, it was the act of treating patients and helping people is that is what really drove me. So my journey to healing and other people, um, it was just kind of like a, a an accident, but I always find it very amazing and purposeful for you to be able to experience healing arts yourself and then say, this is so powerful. I wanted to share with the world. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Let's talk about this uh, emotional freedom technique, right? EFT, tapping on the basis of trauma, right? We hold on to things, but I think before we take a deep dive into how to release that trauma and most uh, release the emotions that we have, can you tell us a little bit more about what you would consider trauma to be? Yeah, I think trauma is any experience that causes your nervous system to be dysregulated and people react to different things differently, right? So what could be really traumatic for one person could not be that big of a deal for some, for somebody else. And so it's it's very subjective to, to the person. And I think that our emotions, like you were saying, have a lot to do with this. And when we have physical trauma, let's say, you know, you were, you were in a car accident and you broke bones and now you have this ongoing pain, right? In our minds, we think, okay, we had this, this traumatic event happen and this is something that I'm dealing with. But there is also this emotional component that exacerbates that physical pain. And so even when there is a reason for the pain, as opposed to somebody who just get some sort of random pain that starts starts to hurt and they don't know why even when there is a reason for the pain there is an emotional component to that and uh, i think uh I, I think exploring that is really is really really important because like you said our body holds on to so much and you know it just makes me think recently i woke up one morning and i was feeling i was just fe- i was dragging you know and i was feeling really sad and i and i was i wasn't really sure what was going on and then i i got on instagram and i was you know just scrolling <laughs> in the morning and i realized oh my gosh it's the anniversary of my friend's passing and so it was like my body remembered that and that sad feeling kind of washed over me before i even ha- connected the dots and realized that it was the anniversary of that. And so things like that can really be in your body and, and recognizing it and learning how to move through it is, is really important. And tapping is a very gentle tool that can help you do just that. For sure. And so when it comes to trauma, there's, there's two components to it, right? We have like the actual trigger, the thing that actually elicits a response in the immediate time that the, the, the trigger is being presented. So that's number one. But then the second part is actually the the brain, the body kind of holding on to this this memory uh, mm-hmm. of the specific event, which you answered my the, the next question was like, how why would people be holding on to traumas? And this got me, as you were describing this all, this got me thinking, um, and I've said this in my other podcasts and uh, on other interviews, is that but there's a book which you may may or may not have read. It was called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And uh, it's a very intriguing book because it helps us identify one of the many things that separates us humans from animals. But one of the biggest things is our ability to remember 
and learn from our previous experiences. And so oftentimes, back in the day, we'll say before technology was uh, around and we were living in caves and just like trying to survive, we released the same chemicals. We released all of our chemicals uh, to fight or run away to just survive in our environment. But here we are in a world where it's it, it, especially in North America, it's a little bit easier. It's an easier life. We don't have to worry about being attacked by the saber-toothed tiger that would have been crawling around our door. And so whenever we experience say, a trauma, a physical trauma or emotional trauma, we release the same chemicals that actually our ancestors released when we were trying to fight. And so it's already kind of pre-programmed. But I think one of the cool things about us humans is that we learn from our experiences. And in some cases, we kind of learn and move forward and be able to transition. But then the question is, is that like, let's talk about trauma specifically. Why do you think, why would people often hold on to say those traumas um, mm-hmm. like deep, deep down inside that are invisible to them? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with how the brain stores traumatic experiences, right? And so we have, we have regular everyday experiences. And I, I have a a workshop that I do, and I give this example in there. And so if you have um, an experience where you are going, you make plans to go out to dinner with a friend, and you pick a day and a time and a place, it's like a time stamped event, you get there, you're at the restaurant, you're waiting for your friend, they don't show up, you're feeling a little irritated, you're texting them, where are they at? No response, right? Uh, You end up leaving the restaurant because they were they were a no show and you leave really annoyed. I equate that experience like if you were to, to categorize that in the brain, it's like going into a filing cabinet, you have a file for that friend, this experience goes in there and these feelings of like irritation and, you know, anger are are in there. Your friend called you a couple hours later, says that they got a flat tire, they didn't have service, it was really scary. And they're so sorry that they that they weren't able to make it to dinner. So you can go back to that cabinet, you can pull out that file, and you can update it, right? And you can say, have some empathy for your friend in the situation. So and put it back in the file. And the next time you see that friend, you're cool, you're not going to be hanging on to that anger and, and upset. Now, if you have a traumatic experience where, um, let's say you are about to cross the street, the light turns green, and you're, you're walking in the crosswalk, and all of a sudden you hear like the screech of a car, you look, you have to jump out of the way so you don't get hit by the car, and your heart is racing, and you know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I almost died, right? But you didn't, you're fine, and you end up going about your day, and everything's okay, but it can be years later, um, and you hear that same screech, and maybe you're outside watching your kids playing and all of a sudden it's like you're being transported back in time by that trigger of that sound of the of the screech of the car now the thing is with that traumatic memory it's not time stamped it's not something that you can go back in and update it is stored differently in the brain and so because of that we don't have that ability to just like turn it off and, and flip a switch and so that is why we have to do some of this work to allow ourselves to acknowledge the the feelings and the emotions associated with with that experience in order to release them. So I think that's a, a big part of why we why we hold on to things. Because if it was as easy as like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to remember that anymore or I don't want to feel that way anymore, you know, that, that would be wonderful, but <laughs> it's just not the way yeah. that it is unfortunately. 
it ends up being kind of like a survival mechanism, right? For us to be able to make sure that we are no longer in danger. And so that's one of the really interesting things about when it comes to dealing with pain, even on the chronic side, oftentimes the pain that we experience, the physical pain that we experience uh, is a manifestation of our brains telling us that we are not actually feeling safe. And right. so as a result, as we're not feeling safe, we have to figure out, well, why are we not feeling safe uh, to begin with, are we not feeling safe in that specific position because that was the original way that we got hurt, or is it actually something that the the position that we're in was kind of uh, an example? I was I was working with a, a client a couple of years ago, and they had a they, their their shoulders turned uh, to the right. And oftentimes, if you're right hand dominant listeners, if you're right hand dominant or your dominant side, your dominant side will have a tendency to be drifted forward a little bit. And so mm-hmm. here a couple of years ago, I had this person who was right hand dominant, but they were rotated back towards the right. And when I see people's posture, I often ask, oh, tell me a little bit more about what's going on. I noticed there's a little bit of rotation. And what they actually shared with me was the fact that they went through some sort of physical abuse when they were a child. And what they would do would actually cower, uh, not cower, they, they would turn to protect themselves. So they would turn so that they would expose their left arm versus their right. And that's what drew them uh, into that position. And I found that to be so fascinating. And at the time, I didn't really know what to make of it. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I said, okay, this is a piece of information for me, but I had no idea what to do with it. And, and now going through, you know, speaking with you and also just the books that I've read, I know that it's something that's tied to our memory and influence um, how we, how we do things. So this brings me to my next question in regards to when it comes to holding on to trauma, right? So we have, we experience a trauma, survival mode, we need to hold on all of a sudden it kind of leaves our memory, but it's still in there. It's deep in the depths, the, the deep files of our brain. So we're not consciously aware of it. When it comes to having these things, and I think you talked about it a little bit before, how does that kind of affect our daily lives? And especially in a reference of, uh, say, dealing with pain, because I know that you your experience, how you were just dragging, and I'm so sorry for your, your friends, uh, the passing of your friend, but tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, when we when we are dealing with physical pain, I think there's also a lot of anxiety and fear that come with that, right? So that makes me think of a client that I was working with who had come to me, she had shoulder pain, she had gone to the doctors, everything, you know, all the scans and everything they did physically look fine, yet she was still dealing with this pain. And so then there was fear around her participating in certain activities. Well, if I go and do that, is that going to make it worse? And, and then there would be anxiety around it. But then it would also feel like she was missing out if she didn't go and do this activity that her friends were doing, right. Um, and I think the anxiety and the fear can also exacerbate the pain, right? Because then you're, you're thinking about it more, you're worried about it, every little every little move. And so I, when I when I work with a client, it's, it's a very interactive experience. And so I'm asking a lot of questions. And when when we're tapping specifically on pain, you want to get as specific as possible as far as describing what the pain feels like. And uh, we in this, this woman came to me, and she was saying that at first, she was describing it as a sharp pain. And so we use those words, and we tap on um, specific acupressure points, as she's repeating these phrases that that I'm saying, and like it, 
this sharp pain in my shoulder, right? And as we continue to move through, I'm asking her, you know, how it makes her feel that that this is part of her day and that and that she has to deal with that. And and she says that there's a lot of frustration with that. And then I'm asking her questions like, well, how far back does this go? When what do you remember when the pain first first started? And she said, oh, it was about two years ago. Okay, what was? Do you remember? Was there anything specific going on in your life at that point? And she said, it was when I was leaving my husband. And, and when I asked her, you know, are there other words that you would use to describe the pain? She said, it feels like I'm being strangled. And those words just kind of came out of her mouth. And she was kind of shocked by them. And then had this aha moment of, oh, my gosh, this pain started when I was when I left him. And that there was physical abuse that was going on, and that she was storing some of that in her shoulder. And so we continued to tap using using those words. And by the end of the session, she found some relief from that pain. And so sometimes simply acknowledging it and saying it out loud can be really, really powerful. And then in doing so, you create that lightness, and then you can you, you feel better. And when you feel better, obviously, you move about your day in a, in a different way. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's all about recognizing what you've got going on, and then being willing to willing to explore it. That's so fascinating. And so what's interesting is that um, here you are seeing this woman two two years uh, of experiencing this pain, which then brings up the the big question. And I'm, I'm sure you have your own uh, definitions as well. But the question that I want to pose uh, in this episode is, how can we actually tell the difference between uh, an actual physical ailment, right? Like there's an actual injury versus the fact that the pain that we're experiencing is in fact, it's is tied to a trauma that we've been holding on into. Because oftentimes, w would it be safe to say that by the time people come to see you, they're, they're like, Lauren, I've, I've tried all these different things. The doctor said I was fine. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I would be so intrigued. Um, I have, yeah, my criteria, which I'll share, but I would love to hear yours and be able to say, like, how can we determine, like, is the pain that we're feeling like an actual physical thing or is it a trauma that we've held on to? Yeah. Well, I mean, if something like, like you said, most of the time people have come to me, they've already gone to the doctors, they've already tried, you know, these, these different modalities that haven't worked, and they've been, been deemed healthy, right? Like nothing's actually physically wrong with them. However, if I do come across someone who is dealing with someone, I'm always going to encourage you to go to a doctor and get and get checked out, right? Um, I would say a key factor for me in working with someone, if we're if we're focusing in on the pain and we're using those very specific words to describe how it how it the sensation feels in the in the body, what I notice is if that pain moves to a different area, right? So if we start and we're focused on let's say the left shoulder, and then you know I'm always you know trying to encourage people to share with me what's going on, what you what you notice if you feel something different, if you see something in your mind's eye, like what's going on. So when people say, "Oh, the pain moved down my arm or moved over to my other shoulder or I feel something over there now." That is an indicator to me that we are definitely dealing with something emotional and in tapping we refer to that as chasing the pain. And it's this idea that the pain will move to to other areas. Um, so that that's definitely one thing. Um, and then a lot of the time too, like asking the question, if this pain could talk to you, what would it say? 
is a really, really interesting question. And sometimes people, it depends on the person, but sometimes people will really have an immediate answer to that, right? Like, oh yeah, this pain. I, I, I just before this call, I was working with a client who was dealing with some some hip pain, and I asked her that that question, and she's like, oh, I don't know why, but like the immediate response, immediate thought I had was anger. And then as we continue to tap on, I think there might be anger in my hip. Other things started to come to mind as to what that anger might be about. By the end of the session, she found some relief from that pain. So it's, uh, I think it's just asking those those you know interesting types of questions that can really help help me determine whether I think it's it's an emotional thing. I love the fact that you you're you've said multiple times in this episode about asking questions and. Mm -hmm. Asking questions is such an important thing, which is like one, one of the reasons why I love being able to be a host to be able to ask questions, but also when I work with the clients that I do work with as well, I think it's important for us um, healers, um, whether you're a physician, a physical therapist, chiropractor, um, energy healer such as yourself, we need to get the necessary information in order for us to do our jobs. And I found it to be really interesting where if you just tell someone, hey, what's going on? What's wrong with you? It, you're going to get two ends of the spectrum. One, it's like, we're going to just do fun word vomit and give you everything, which, which is fine. We'll be able to filter through that. But then there are going to be some people and being like, my, sh my shoulder hurts. Why does this happen? And it's, it's our jobs to be able to ask these deep questions to get a better understanding. So then that way we can determine what tools, what stuff we actually need to work on. Um, listeners, when I'm working with clients, we're looking at when it comes to identifying, okay, is the pain that you're dealing with like an actual physical ailment or are you holding on to say some sort of trauma? Well, if you, if you are dealing with a trauma, um, this is just something that is outside the scope of my ability. And I would actually refer out to people like Lauren, but when it comes to actual physical pain, physical pain can present itself uh, or follows a specific criteria. Number one, if there was an actual event that actually led to the actual irritation of your pain, that's number one. Number two, if the pain that you experience is actually influenced by movement or activity as in you know that it follows a specific pattern where you're like every time i lift my arm up like this it hurts but if i do this it doesn't hurt so my job as a physical therapist to be able to see what patterns are there so then that way we can identify okay what are the sources issues of pain um and, and recovery now uh, the other point is it's like well the things that you're experiencing they don't really make sense and it's not necessarily as in i'm like i don't know what's going actually yes don't know what's going on because you're experiencing a pain here and experiencing a pain here and we couldn't identify a pattern that is a perfect opportunity for us to start investigating a little bit more into seeing how is this actually uh, how is this actually influenced by emotions um and the trauma that we're holding on and then plus the, the biggest thing is, as frustrating as it is, if you get a scan and actually the scan says there's nothing wrong with you, it, it's extremely frustrating, but it's also a really good thing to know that there isn't something that's actually damaged. And that means that we can move on to the other aspect. And so I think that there's a, a big stigma into thinking that pain, the pain that, we, the pain that we carry is all in our head, but there's a very big part of it because our brain is what actually allows us to this information. So uh, that's a really a huge value that you add to the, the healing mix, Lauren. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. You briefly talked about it um, during this episode so far uh, in regards to um, EFT work. Um, mm -hmm. 
So when you were talking about tapping, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and the process? Yeah, sure. So when I describe tapping to someone who's never heard of it, it, I often compare it to acupuncture simply because people are more familiar with acupuncture. So when you go to an acupuncturist, they take those tiny little needles and they put them in at different points of the body. With tapping, we are applying acupressure to some of those same points. And those points that we're tapping on or applying light pressure to and massaging are the end points of the meridians. And the meridians are how energy moves through the body. And that's something that's really talked a lot about in, in Chinese medicine. Um, and so we're tapping on these points and then we're also verbally acknowledging acknowledging out loud the emotions that you're feeling. So putting words to how you're feeling. And as I kind of mentioned before, saying something out loud that in the beginning feels really true. And sometimes it could be a belief, right? A belief like, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this work, or I'm not going to be successful at this. Something that feels really, really true. And as you hear yourself say it, you create some distance from it and you start to realize, oh, that's silly. You know, you feel silly about it or, or it's confusing. Like, I can't believe I thought that. Um, and when we do that, when we create that distance, we, we can look at things in a new way and we create this new perspective. And when we create that new perspective, we're obviously thinking about things differently, then we begin to feel differently. And when we feel differently, we we take different action, which of course is going to, to lead to another result. Um, and, you know, I always like to talk about how the definition of emotion is energy in motion, right? So it's this idea that our emotions want to move, they want to be acknowledged, they want to be felt. And a lot of the time as humans, we do not like feeling uncomfortable emotions. We do not like feeling angry, sad, frustrated, overwhelmed. So typically, what do we do? We shove that stuff down, right? I call it stuffing. We stuff it down, and then we distract ourselves with something else. Maybe for you, maybe for some people, it's throwing themselves into their work. Maybe for other people, it's throwing themselves onto the couch and eating a bag of potato chips, right? <laughs> to like ignore whatever those those feelings are. But I think we can all agree that over time all of those things that all of those emotions that you've been stuffing down are going to build up to a point where they're going to come out. And sometimes they come out physically with physical pain. And sometimes they come out emotionally with like an emotional meltdown of sorts, right? Um, and we don't want to get to that point. And, it, and when we get to that point physically, where our body starts to scream at us, we have no choice but to pay attention, right? And uh, I often tell a story about how Years ago, I was training for a half marathon and my ankle was hurting and it was only hurting when I would run. And it would just, I would, anytime my, my foot would hit the pavement, my ankle would hurt. And I, you know, I had that mentality back then, like, oh, no pain, no gain. It's all good. I'll, it'll work itself out. Kept going. Then it was to the point when I was walking, it was, it was hurting. Then it was to the point where I'm not moving. It's hurting. Right. And I was like, oh, like this is not going away, but it took my body screaming at me and, and being in constant pain to finally do something about it and go to the doctor and then find out that I had a hairline fracture. Right. So, uh, we don't want to wait to that point where our bodies are screaming at us. So I always like to tell people we need to listen to our body when she whispers so that we don't have to hear her scream. And so it really tapping, I think, is such a beautiful way to help cultivate that relationship between the mind and the body and really pausing throughout the day and asking yourself, like, how am I feeling? 
What am I thinking about? And beginning to create a connection with how you're physically feeling with what you're thinking about, because that isn't something that a lot of us consciously do. Um, and another thing that that I was thinking about before when you when you were talking is I just recently worked with a client who came to me she's dealing she was dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress but also has chronic migraines and she's been dealing with chronic migraines for a really long time and she has always separated um the chronic migraines from all of like her emotional stuff and and not feeling good enough or being stressed and all of that it's always been two totally separate buckets that she has addressed separately and through our work together she there was a session where she really had this aha moment of like oh wow this this stuff really might be connected there there's there's something there's something to this you know recognizing that the, the chronic, the, the migraine started when she was in a time of her life where she was dealing with a lot of stress and that stress has just compounded over time and the headaches have gotten worse over time. And so like, there's something there, right? And so allowing ourselves to, to explore that and, and look at things a little bit differently is, is really important. Huge, being able to focus. I, I'm laughing listeners because I it was talking and I, I didn't unmute myself. Um, I <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. It's like listen to the whispers before your body starts to scream. And I think it's really important. Um, I'm going to touch back. I love the fact that you're integrating the Eastern medicine, understanding the meridians. Um, I think that there's been a lot of criticism on the Western world uh, in regards to the benefits of these meridians. And in, in response to that, what I would often tell people or, or people who are naysayers to Eastern medicine, I'll say, listen, meridians and energy flows in, in Chinese Eastern medicine is our peripheral nerves and our chemical neurochemical process, neurochemical and electrical processes that happen in our body. So they're the same thing, but they're just being described differently. And when it comes to being able to uh, recognize this, it's, uh, it's, it's huge. And I'm so glad that you also identify we, yeah, we all have a tendency to take our emotions and stuff them in, into it. And uh, it's, I know for myself, like as I've gotten older, uh, being more in touch with my emotions, find that I don't have to worry as much about building things up and holding it in. And as a result, it just makes it a lot easier uh, and a lot less painful, a lot less stressful um, for me. So uh, yeah, again, I appreciate everything that you do. So talk about uh, an EFT tapping session, right? In regard to what is that experience like, right? So let's talk about, okay, someone who's listening. It's like, okay, I'm ready for the tapping experience. What's the best way to prepare for a session like this? Yeah, I think it's just really coming with with an open mind. Most of the most of the time, when people come to me, they that they're they're there already, right? Like there are occasions where I've given talks where I've been, you know, I've been recruited to come in to talk to a group of people who haven't, you know, signed up for it, and then it's different. You know, you come across a lot of skeptics. Um, but there, the thing is, is that there's a lot of science behind this, which is like what I like to like to talk about. How tapping in these studies has been shown to reduce the amount of cortisol in the body, uh, which is the stress hormone. And one of the studies which was done by Dr. Peter Stapleton shows that it reduces cortisol by up to 43%, just tapping on the points and, and going through the process. So I think coming to a session with, with an open mind and, and really being willing to 
look at things a little bit a little bit differently. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, I'll give you I'll give you an example. I had a woman who came to me, and she was dealing with a lot of physical pain in her knees, and the pain had really had her staying in bed for I think it was like two or three days by the time we had the session. And uh, I asked her the question, is there any benefit for you of having and being in this plain pain? And most people, uh, maybe not most people, a lot of people with that question would be like, of course not. There's no benefit to the pain. Like I'm ready to feel better. Right. Like, um, but she really paused and she, she really thought about that. And she said, well, when my, um, when I'm in this pain, my kids come over to check on me more. So I see my, my children more. And so that opened a whole other door for us to explore around her relationship with her, ch her children. Does she think that if she feels good and she's healthy, are they not going to come around? Is that going to change her relationship with them? All of these are things that then we, we tapped on. So I do think your willingness to uh, really look at things differently, to, to, to think, to kind of step back from it a little bit is very helpful in the process. It's not always easy right away and that's okay. Um, and then, and then also the ability to really tune in to how you're feeling, like how, what noticing, what am I feeling physically in my body? What am I feeling emotionally? What thoughts are coming up? Because a lot of the time, like I talked about with the stuffing the emotions, right? Those emotions are attached to past events in our life. All the events that we've had in our life have emotions attached to them. And when those are the uncomfortable emotions like we're talking about, and that happens over time, and we are packing in uncomfortable emotion and these experiences that kind of just build up, right? It's also kind of this ability to have this awareness around these past experiences and, and recognize when a thought comes up that in our mind, might seem unrelated like it's a memory that comes up it's like oh you know that's a thought of, of when i was in uh, elementary school like that has nothing to do with why i'm dealing with this pain right now uh but i can promise you that there is some sort of reason why why what quote unquote random memory is coming is coming to mind so your willingness to explore those things with a practitioner i think is is something important but uh, there's nothing really you have to do in advance of a of a session. It's really just like showing up as your as your authentic self and um, having a a really collaborative experience of just kind of going back and forth and saying how you you feel throughout the process and shifting the words as needed. And um, yeah, yeah, every no set two sessions are the same. I think that's probably one of the things that I love about it the most. That's great. I mean, what you're really describing as well is is how really how healing should be is that okay you're coming in with a problem and it's not just like oh you come in the problem you just open the, the door and here's the solution the reality is oftentimes you open the door and then there's like 15 other doors and then you mm -hmm. open another door and another 15 opens up right so there's so many possibilities for us to be able to take care of ourselves and recover from the pain and the traumas that we're dealing with and mm -hmm. your line of questioning what you do actually allows us to be able to reveal what those solutions can be. So I appreciate it, and especially going into it with an open mind. Um, I think that uh, a long time ago there, uh, I'm going to try to see if I can find the article, but I was saying in regards to if you don't believe in the product or the intervention that you're getting is going to help you, 
it's not going to help you. And that's mm-hmm. actually one of the reasons why placebos can be helpful is because the sheer act of believing that placebo is going to be helpful will drive the improvement uh, in it as well. So that is a, it's a very fascinating thing. I'm glad that you said coming with an open mind. So when it comes to getting in, right, and you kind of peek into it um, on the last question, but when you're there, okay, so say, Lauren, we're, we're standing face-to-face. I'm ready for my session. What can I expect um, during yeah. that time? How long are yeah. sessions? So the session is typically an hour long. And it starts off with us just having a conversation about what's going on in your life. And if we're talking about physical pain, you know, where that physical pain is in your body, how long you've been dealing with it, what it what it feels like. And then as the practitioner, it is my job to take the answers to those questions and I create phrases. And then it's kind of, I like to describe it as like a, a, an adult version of Simon Says, right? So I take the answers to those questions. I tap on a, on a point. A lot of my clients are virtual, right? So we're looking at each other and I'm tapping on a certain point of my body and then they're tapping on that same point of their body. I say the sentence and then they repeat the sentence. I always like to stress that, you know, I while it's always my intention to try to reflect back to my clients the, the things that they're saying, you know, if I say something that doesn't feel right, or, or they've had a different thought come up since then, you know, let me know, we change the words. It's, it's a very important part of the process that the words we are saying truly resonate with, with how you are feeling. And so we do what's called a round of tapping. They call it a round of tapping because you're literally tapping almost in a circle around your, your face and uh, upper chest. And, and then we pause and we check in. Like, how, 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 what did you notice during that, during that first round? Did any thoughts come up? More times than not, something, your mind starts to wander, something comes up. Um, and then they, sh- they share what that, what that is, right? Um, and then there's also, there's lots of nuanced approaches too. So if, I, if I'm working with a client who is someone who is ver- very visual as far as like, if they close their eyes, they can see a picture in their, in their mind's eye or they meditate a lot and things come to them, that sort of thing. We can do an exercise of kind of closing our eyes and, and picturing going to that area of the body where you feel the physical pain, right? So if we're, let's say we're talking about the shoulder, right? I, I say, okay, picture a little version of yourself with a flashlight and you're inside your shoulder and you're flashing that flashlight around inside of there. What do you see, right? And I, I mean, there have been some amazing examples of that. Like I have, um, I have a client. I'll just share this story quickly because it's a, it's one of my favorites. I have a client who was dealing with a lot of stress. She was feeling a lot of tension in her in her chest. We do this exercise. She tells me that she sees a picture of a volcano and the volcano is bubbling and it's about to erupt. And she's standing really tiny at the bottom of the volcano, looking up, just feeling all of this anxiety and, and fear. And so in that situation, we would use words to describe the volcano, the, the hot red lava is about to come down. I'm feeling so overwhelmed, whatever it was that she was saying. As we continue to tap on that picture she started to the picture started to change and she started to be further and further away from the volcano by the end of the session she was standing on another mountain she could still see the volcano but that level of anxiety and stress was not there her perspective had 
totally shifted of of the picture and then she also didn't feel that anxiety and stress and and tension in her in her chest anymore and so it's really also you know in these sessions it's really uh, a matter of figuring out what type of approach with the tool works the best um for someone who is not so visual that probably wouldn't be an effective approach so it's it's you know figuring out these different things. And then it's just uh, like I like to say, connecting the dots one or, or how you said opening one door leads to another, right? You're going down a hallway, you see something else, you open another door. So it's it's really that interactive process. And it just leads you where you where you need to go. Awesome. That's so cool. It's a uh, it's such an amazing process because I really had no idea what to expect. Um, the, as you were describing, it's actually very similar to uh, an experience that I had um, out in Northern California. There's a retreat called Canyon Ranch. And one of the experiences, they called it a spirit journey. And what was really cool was the fact that it was kind of like a guided meditation. I was like laying on a sound table and they were like, okay, you're closing your eyes. Now you're, and they really kind of guided me through the visualization, but towards the end, um, long story short, it was like toward the end, it was like, okay, you're at the deepest part of the tree and there's a secret room. What do you see? And it was really cool to be able to just like describe and I ended up writing in a book. It turned out that the thing I saw was um, Rocket Raccoon from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I was describing it to my wife and she was like, did you see that? That was from that movie. But I thought it was so intriguing to be able, you being able to guide people um, mm-hmm. visually auditory as well um, to be able to investigate the other aspects of their body that they weren't actually able to see right you have your shoulder you can look right at your shoulder it's stuff that you're actually able to feel and people putting people in touch in regards to how they feel the emotions helping release that trauma is extremely powerful so dirt and and so when it comes to say this technique and this this type of session do you see the recovery happen in one session, two sessions? Like what what is that process like? Is it a longer process? Tell us a little bit more about that. So how long it takes to see results really does depend on the individual and the issue that they're dealing with. If it's something that they've been dealing with for a longer amount of time, it's probably going to take a little bit longer to get to the root of what's going on. Uh, I have created my program to be an eight-week program because I have found that that is a really good amount of time for I have found for people to to be able to really see a difference within within the eight weeks. And then also, it is always my intention to allow my clients to feel comfortable in continuing this work on their own. And I found that after eight weeks, there is a confidence level of being able to continue to tap and, and do this work on their own. I mean, some people, of course, want to continue and have the have the guidance because sometimes when you're dealing with big issues, it's I mean, even myself as a practitioner, I work with practitioners for that that very reason, because it's nice to have somebody guide you and have that outside set of eyes to see things that you might not necessarily see when you're in the depths of, I say, it's like you're in the middle of a tornado and you're feeling all the emotions around you. It's very hard to see anything outside of that. Um, but that being said, this is absolutely a tool you can continue with on on your own. And I feel like eight weeks is a good amount of time for them to feel comfortable with the variety of different techniques that we use throughout it to, to have a, a basic level of understanding of how they can use this moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense. Eight, eight weeks is a reasonable amount of time. And it's good to be able to provide people the option to either, you know, they, they do it on their own or they continue on with you. Um, mm-hmm. 
before we go on into actually how people can get in touch with you, I always like to have the listeners leave some sort of action in regards to taking care of themselves. And so, especially when it comes to the realm of emotion, uh, uh, emotional freedom, releasing of trauma, what is one action step that the listeners can take upon leaving this episode so that, that they're a little bit more in touch with their emotions or one step closer to releasing those traumas? Yeah. One of the, the most powerful things that I briefly mentioned before is this check-in with yourself. How am I feeling and what am I thinking about? And so sometimes it's helpful to set an alarm for a few different times during the day. I like it to be different on you know each day just because sometimes we're doing the same activities at the same time every day. So kind of switching it up a little bit and then just having a, a minute or two to be like, okay, how am I physically feeling in this moment? And if the answer is like, I feel great, I feel energized, I feel wonderful awesome. What am I thinking about? And maybe what is it that I'm doing in that moment? And then if the answer to that is like, oh, I feel sluggish, I'm tired, I'm achy, I, you know, my shoulders really bothering me. Okay. Also, what am I thinking about? It's a really great way to begin to cultivate that connection between the mind and the body. And it's simple too. So that's what I would say. In with yourself, people. It's very, very powerful. Lauren, this has been so great. Um, like I've learned a lot and I'm sure that the listeners have learned a lot as well. So for, for people who want to get in touch with you, hear a little bit more about the programs that you provide. Can you tell us a little bit more about how, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website is mindshiftwithlauren.com. I do have a free masterclass on there that goes into more of the science behind uh, tapping and how, how it works. And you can access that by going to mindshiftwithlauren.com forward slash masterclass. Um, and then I have tons of, of YouTube videos that are available. I send out a weekly email with a new tapping video um, each week. So you can just sign up for that on my website as well to get my to get my newsletter. And I'm also active on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And if you look for MindShift with Lauren on either of those, you'll find me. Listeners, if you did not get a chance to write all that down, I will actually have all that info in this show note. Lauren, this has been such a cool and awesome learning experience. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.